All righty, back with you for another episode of the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show, live from the Fox Sports 940 Marlins Radio Network Studios and the iHeartRadio app. Alongside Stephen Strom, I'm Kyle Seeloff. Thanks for joining us on another Tuesday for the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Uh, Steve, another really good show, I, I think, tonight. Um, we were in studio and obviously uh, on the air last week when Skip Schumacher was named the National yep. League Manager of the Year, so we can certainly touch on that a little bit here out of the open, but kind of set the table for what we're going to talk about here tonight. Plenty, I feel like, to talk about. There's been some movement. Peter Bendix um, is already up to wheeling and dealing, trading with the Tampa Bay Rays, Calvin Fauche, Vidal Brujan, some non-tenders as well, in particular a couple of names there. Uh, and that would be highlighted uh, by Jacob Stallings along with Garrett Hampson. I think there's plenty to get into this week. Uh, yes, first of all, it was it was funny because this was during the turkey distribution. We saw Peter kind of run off, and we were all Knees looking around, chest. and we were like, hey, oh, wait, wait, there, there might be something going down here. Otani? And we were, in fact, uh, correct on that end. So, yeah, there's a lot to get into today, Kyle. Uh, it's exciting. It also feels like another benchmark for us with uh, Thanksgiving coming up in the season. I'm telling you, it's going to get closer and closer. Well, uh, you, you know, we're going to be going to Jupiter in some time, yeah, you know. So it, it, it happens quick. And, um, yeah, a lot to get into uh, here on a Tuesday night. Just a couple of months away from reporting. That would be pitchers and catchers. It's usually right around uh, Valentine's Day. Has a broadcaster ever gotten traded? I just wanted to know that question real quick. Um, Is that possible? Not that I – I mean, I, I'm Miami no, for life. I, I, but. I, well, I do feel as if there was a story one time that there was some type of trade, but no, I don't actually think <laughs> that's possible. Um, does that intrigue you? No. I mean, it does intrigue me about just, you know, broadcasters being on the move. Like, oh, you know, Michael K gets traded to – LA for Steven Nelson you know like that's cool I don't know I think that would be that would now, be fun you, you mean like more of a broadcaster trade or oh, yeah. what if broadcaster a broadcaster trade. was included in a player trade oh my god see like that if you that didn't would think get if, me if going. you didn't have an ego before oh not my you gosh can you imagine can you imagine that would be so cool you know part of like the big Otani deal or something <laughs> Strom um, too <laughs> yeah <it> would, LA <laughs> For Otani, I would do that for the organization. Yeah, how's everything else going? You are the uh, Miami authority on all things Minnesota sports. Any anything you want to get into there? Over <laughs> a tough your... Sunday night, really tough Sunday night. Yeah. Vikes. Um, yeah, I'm a huge Viking fan, and we'll no, get we're into playing baseball, all the I hits promise. here on Fox Sports 940 on the Marlins Hot Stove Show. We're going to dive into Josh Dobbs here in segment three. Winners of five in a row at the time playing against a Denver team that's actually had a bounce back year but uh the bottom line is three turnovers and um Alexander Madison again fumbling it was a tough one um Vikings lose by one had a chance at the end a couple of questionable offensive calls from Kevin O'Connell love them but a couple of questionable calls but it left me honestly sleepless on Sunday night I could not sleep and then this morning or Monday morning rather I texted you just screenshots of my father and I's texts just going back and forth. Yeah. And I told you, this is what we do. We wake up every morning and we'll talk Vikings. And once, you know, that season's over, we'll talk wild. We'll talk Timberwolves. And that's just, okay. you know, that's just our thing. Okay. That's your uh, Tuesday Minnesota Vikings yep. report on your cool. home for Miami Dolphins football, Fox Sports <laughs> 940 uh, Miami. So make sure you join us every Tuesday. We'll give you a report out of the NFC North and how things stack up down the stretch uh, in the National Football League season. Um, <laughs> Okay, you know what? I, I actually let's talk about Skip a little bit later because I want to okay. hit off a couple of things at the top before we talk about the acquisition. I do want to talk about a couple of non-tenders. Yes, obviously in particular Jacob Stallings. Garrett Hampson played a terrific role on this team. 
Let's start with Stallings. Though, yes, because I have a lot, I have some things to say too. Okay, the but floor is yours. No, go ahead. I mean, the the uh, I'll say this go and ahead. I'll hand it over yeah, to you. Yeah. Miami will prioritize catching and the shortstop position this off season, and I don't think the priority will be a placeholder. I sure. think the if the opportunity presents itself, it's somebody that they envision down Agreed. the road. Agreed. All right. So for Stallings and, and both of these guys. You cannot say more about their character and how great they were in the clubhouse and how great they were to us. But we'll first start with Jacob Stallings. And there was some good this year, Kyle. Um, and honestly, the last two years that he's been here, he caught all 60 of Sandy's starts. Um, particularly, I thought this year, he had big hits late in the season. September 8th at Philadelphia, he hit a go-ahead home run late to beat the Phillies 3-2. He called it the, the biggest hit of his career. Um, there's a couple of fan favorite moments. His bunt down the line against the Dodgers, against Lance Lynn. Um, caught 18 innings in July in that doubleheader against Tampa. Yeah. Pitched actually in seven games. And as funny as that may sound, I mean, at that point in the season, like, you those moments are invaluable to get your bullpen rest, even though they were blowouts, whatever it may be. Pitched eight innings, 12 hits, four runs. Three of those games were in September. Jacob Stallings, there was a lot of good there, but the reality was he hit 210 with a 576 on base slugging in 202 games. Um, you know, 58 stolen bases, which I'm not going to completely blame him about. I think it was also, Skip talked about the timing to the mound. Um, but I. This position was a need from pretty 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 obvious, I think, for the both of us that this was a position they needed to upgrade in, need a little bit more speed. Um, but again, there were some great moments with Jacob Stallings, and I I really enjoyed having him around. And the thing about Jacob is he kind of became the personal catcher to Sandy Alcantara, right. and the right. need doesn't really present itself the in Cy 2024. Young, yeah. Correct, and it just doesn't really that that need is not obviously going to be there. Um, this coming season and the bottom line is that that need that needs to be a position moving forward that the Marlins get a little bit more offense from um, uh, Skip has talked about it's kind of been like uh, organizational failure would probably be too strong but top to bottom the organization has got to hold runners better absolutely obviously that's not something that was all on Jacob's shoulders um, tough decision obviously won a gold glove with the Marlins was great unbelievable human being really did catch a good game bottom line is that the Marlins are going to be looking for some more offense out of that position moving forward and then switching gears a little bit Garrett Hampson My I don't I don't I don't think it precludes him from coming back say like on a minor league deal or something um, but, you know, we'll see, again, a very, very valuable utility player that will, if it's not with the Marlins, I think he has a big Absolutely. league job next year. Absolutely. Uh, signed to a minor league deal, played in 98 games, hit 276 this year, 23 RBIs, 30 runs scored. Uh, the good, again, and I, and I wanted to write the good for both these guys because they, they were. They did provide some really nice moments for the Marlins. Super utility guy, played second, played short, played third, played left field, short, did a nice uh, job. right a field. And another guy that had big hits late in the season, I want to write him down, Kyle. The 10th inning base hit against the Angels earlier in the season. And then the two-run home run in D.C. to ice the game after actually that failed sacrifice bunt. Yep. He redeemed himself. But yep. for someone like Garrett Hampson, um, that's what I think Skip really values, those types of guys that he can plug and play. But Garrett Hampson will be missed, and um, I, I thought he played a really big role late in the season when he started to get starts. 
and um, I, I thought his his impact of winning was felt. Doesn't look like it's going to be Miami. I think there's a really strong chance he gets a big league deal with I somebody. Agree. Uh, I I think he is absolutely a valuable member of somebody's 26 man roster. Uh, okay. Were you surprised? I'm sorry by both um, of these. No. Agree. No, okay. because I I think. When you have some momentum that is going to the postseason and everything that comes along with that, you have to try to maintain that momentum. Sure. You have to, at all costs, do everything in your power to continue to get better and not be complacent maybe with what you have. Um it, it, it just it, it it didn't surprise me. Like the, the the goal now is can we? And this is no disrespect to those players, but the bottom line is that this is a business, and players are better than other players. And that does not mean everybody doesn't serve a purpose, and it doesn't mean they don't belong in the big leagues. But to me, the organizational's goal now is going to be how do we how do we beat better than that? Upgrade. How, how do we upgrade over Jacob Stallings? How do we upgrade over Garrett Hampson? That's again, it's not a knock at those guys, but that's the nature of this beast. Absolutely. If you just get complacent, you're not going to the postseason. So it does not surprise me. Garrett Hampson played a little shortstop. Obviously, Stallings caught. It's two premium positions that they will look to upgrade at in both departments this offseason. Now, Peter Bendix is in. And everything that you saw for two decades in Tampa, to me, it's already here. Here, here it comes, right? So the Marlins acquire Vidal Brujan and Calvin Fauche. And Bruhan's a very interesting guy. He's played 99 big league games. He was a top five prospect in that system. Mm. He's never gotten it going in the big leagues. It's, it, this, this is one of those perfect raise moves yep. over the years that you do it and you develop it, and they are an awesome big leaguer. I think when you first saw this deal, you start, of course, looking up the player, looking up the stats, and we can do all that. We can read his numbers, sign as an international free agent in 2014. But sometimes there's bigger context to the story. And the biggest context to this story, Kyle, is guess who was playing second base? And these are the positions that he's listed as. Second base, right field, shortstop, right? And and Peter Benedict, I have some of his quotes on him, yep. that he can play majority of anywhere other than catcher. But second base, who played second base for Tampa this year? Brandon Lau. Yep. Okay. Who played shortstop, at least for the most part, Wander Franco. Yeah, right. And in right field, it was Josh Lowe. You're, sometimes it's just situation, Kyle. It's like a Med Rosario in, in New York. You know, it's like Dom Smith in New York with Pete Alonso. That's sometimes the way it goes, and, and you don't get that full opportunity. You're going to get an opportunity now. Where you can play shortstop. I mean, th- that to me was the biggest takeaway with that trade. Well, when he's been in the big leagues, he he has not lived up to the, 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 the potential that the Rays thought. Obviously, Peter Bendex has seen something that said, this is a low-risk, extremely high-reward yep. opportunity for the Miami Marlins. Again, they're in the, – the, you better get used to it because there will be many comparisons in years to come between Miami and Tampa Bay because the gentleman now in charge of your baseball operations department has the blueprint of what it takes to get yourself in a position where you are extremely competitive and you make great deals. So this one to me, low risk, high reward. Fauche has spent some time in the big leagues. Numbers aren't going to pop off the page, but the stuff is there. Yep. Peter Bendix knows what he's doing, and my suspicion – is that Vidal Brujan is going to have every opportunity this Absolutely. spring to win a big league job. And if he is productive this spring, I think he's going to be in the big leagues all season long. But we'll see. And what Peter said on Brujan was 
and I'm paraphrasing, I just took some of the quotes he said on Friday after the turkey distribution. Sometimes it takes multiple times in the big leagues before figuring it out. He's got all the tools, great bat to ball, can play every position besides catcher. That was Peter Bendix on Bruhan. And then as far as Calvin Fauche, can cover multiple innings, great breaking ball. Um, but I think the big guy from this trade, and this is the fun part about trades, Kyle. In a in a year, we can Fauche can be like Tanner Scott, you know, like and come out of nowhere, or Fauche, um, Bruhan can be your starting shortstop in 2024. So maybe a, a shortstop, it might be a little far fetched unless he proves he can play there. He's played it very, very seldomly, but that is a guy that if you develop that, that is low risk, high yep. reward. Tons of years of control could be here for a long time. I know he's a switch hitter. There's some speculation if he hits Good just from one there. side of yep. the plate and not he does not continue to switch hit, that maybe he'd be more productive. Anyway, I think it's probably going to be a great trade for Peter Bendix. Again, low risk, high reward. So plenty of moving and shaking already since Peter Bendix's arrival in Miami. We'll take a break when we come back. Braxton Garrett joins the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. You're listening to the Hot Stove Show on Fox Sports 940 Miami, your home for Marlins baseball and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Good to have you back on a Tuesday, a couple of days shy of Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to everybody. Hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving with Stephen Strom and Kyle Seelofsky. We'll make this really quick because we have a terrific interview here in just a moment with Braxton Garrett. Uh, unbelievable season. Unreal he was season. incredible. Took the ball every fifth day. Really became a horse. Crazy to see how the season started for him, to see where he ended up. Just a treat to watch him this year. Great storylines with him in 2023. Developed that new cutter on the fly. Didn't even start um, as a, a starting rotation guy. Got optioned a couple of weeks into the season and then really became a workhorse. Career highs in strikeouts and innings. Really took a massive step. 25 years old, an old school guy. Um, pretty refreshing to watch a guy like that throw just 91, 92, but just paint the edges. And it was so much fun speaking with him. Um, He's even better person. What's even better? It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him in 2024. So let's kick it over to our interview with Marlon Southpaw, Braxton Garrett. Okay, joining us now on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show, uh, fellow noted cat lover, two animal lovers here, um, and one guy that hates animals. Easy with hate, Stephen. Uh, but Braxton Garrett joining us on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Braxton, I'll talk about baseball later. Can I ask you how that kitty of yours is doing? I saw him on Instagram. <laughs> My cat's amazing. My Litter box is right behind me. I was trying to make sure it didn't get in the view, actually, uh, before this. But, no, he's great. Oh, adorable. Did you adopt him? Yes, we did. Yeah, we got him, I don't remember how long ago, four or five months, something like that. Oh, what's his name? But he's he's amazing. Raymond. Raymond? Yeah. But he's usually just called Kitty by me. But Oh, that's beautiful. Um, Steven doesn't like animals, but I'm sure he's got plenty of questions for you. Not true. I just never had an animal as a kid. So for me, it, it's been kind of foreign. It's okay. You're too, you're too nice, man. There's no way you dislike animals. Well, I appreciate that, Brack. So tell me about Friday. Friday was a really cool event with the Thanksgiving distribution. Um, I guess, what was that like, uh, particularly with your girlfriend and with Nick and Luis was there? Just what was all that like? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I'm not really sure what I was expecting. They kind of just told us it was a you know turkey giveaway, and you know we were excited to do it. And we get there, and it was huge, man! A thousand turkeys, and you know the big stage and the DJ. It was awesome. Um, but I know I had a good time. Chloe had a great time. 
um, you know, it's a, it's just a great way to give back to the community. What's your Mount Rushmore of your Thanksgiving plate? Your four things that you have to have. Um, ham for sure over Turkey, which angers some people, um, mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, some, my grandmother's corn casserole is amazing. And then my grandmother's peanut butter pie. I got to include a dessert. I'm sure this is exactly how you envisioned your off-season baseball interview going, isn't it, Brax? We've, we've hit <laughs> yeah. on the cat, the turkey distribution, and now, now, where do you where do you go for Thanksgiving? You going home, or is family coming to you? So I I'm actually staying here this year for the first time ever. Um, it hurts. It, it's kind of <laughs> weird, but I usually go home. <clears throat> My family either meets up in Troy, or or they. I think every other year they go down to Troy and we have a big Thanksgiving. And then on the uh, off years, we just have them with our own families up in Florence, Muscle Shoals. Are you even going to attempt a turkey this year or no? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to need some help. Definitely not on my own. Uh, Chloe's not going to be here. She's going up to Alabama. So, Oh, my if gosh. So, if so, it's going to be uh, with a lot of help. It sounds like you and the cat and your feet are going to be kicked up watching football all day long. Yeah, it's going to be nice and slow. It'll be nice. What a dream. Hey, Brax, when you look back on 2023, what do you make of your season? We all thought it was fabulous, but what do you make of it? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really proud of it. I'm, I'm proud uh, that I was healthy through the whole year. Um, you know, I, I was able to take the ball every time I was asked. Um, I think that's a that's one thing that us starting pitchers take pride in. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a standard that Sandy's kind of set too, to kind of just go in his footsteps and take the ball every time. Um, yeah, and I, ju I just feel like I'm a guy who who you knew exactly what you were going to get every night, which which is another thing I try and portray. So, yeah, there were obviously good and bad nights, but you knew you knew what you were going to get from me. Brax, in one of your interviews, you talked about how confident you were coming into 2023, and you weren't even in the rotation at the time. You, in fact, got optioned a couple weeks into the season. How did you stay confident, and what do you think led to that coming into the season? Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of it had to do with last or the year before in 2022. I was definitely the best year I'd had as a pro and I gained a lot of confidence then. And, you know, the option early, you know, that stunk and that hurt a little bit, but it never deterred me or made me lose, uh, lose belief. Um, you know, I just worked really hard and I, and I just felt that I could build on what I did the year before and that I could learn more. So, you know, just once I got the, once I knew I'd get an opportunity. So I knew just, once I got it, I just have to take it and run with it and kind of, you know, force my hand. When you talk was, about belief and confidence, where did that come from? Um, number one, my upbringing. Um, my my dad uh, was awesome with that, and you know, he was just awesome and and implementing that in me, and also just my work ethic and my off season and my routine. I I put a lot of work into that and. I just believe that it's gonna it's gonna come through for me whenever I get that opportunity. But yeah, 
just those two things mainly. Rex, you told me a story growing up that you your 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 dad had something in the backyard with with spots on it. Can you explain mm-hmm. to the audience what that was? Yeah, it was just a it was one of those nets. Um, you know, you could just throw the ball to or hit into. Um, and he would just keep track of our our strike percentage and our hit <laughs> spot percentage. So. Yeah, we I, I had a little travel ball team down there, and we'd have some of my pitchers from that team come over, and you know he would help work with them as well, and sometimes even his high school pitchers that he worked with. So it was always kind of a competition. He had this notebook with a lot of our different numbers during bullpens. So it was just one of those things. We always made uh, whether it was a game, a real game or not, we made it a competition. All right, Braxton Garrett joining us on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Brax, take me to the postseason. I, you know, you you always hear about you you don't know what it's like until you get there, and then once you get a taste of it, you'll be so much better for it. Why? What? What? What will you take away from that the next time you get that opportunity? It, like you'll be better prepared isn't the right way to put it. Because it's not like you just you know cruise out of the hotel about five thirty and said I'll go give this a shot tonight. I'll see what happens, but. What, why why are you going to be better for that? What did you take from that that's going to help you moving forward? Yeah, just the experience in its own was huge for me. Um, one thing that I remember specifically is, you know, I got out there and stretched real quick out in the outfield while all of Philadelphia is trashing me, you know. And I knew three to four throws in with Flip, um, one of our bullpen catchers, that I was ready to go to the bullpen right then. I didn't even need – warm-up throws so maybe next next time I'm in that position maybe go out a little bit later knowing I'll need a few less throws um but also you know it I feel I threw I threw decent I got into a little bit of trouble late but in the end once you get done you're like man that was the same game it's still baseball it's just louder you know that's how you know D-Rob and Matt Barnes they're like dude it's the same game it's just way louder so, yeah, your adrenaline will get it going um, a little bit, but I think the more you do it, the more you can control that, especially early in games. So, Brax, career highs in almost all the categories you want to have career highs in with innings and strikeouts. What's next, do you think, for you in 2024? Um, I haven't thought too much about that, but uh, I know one thing. I'd like to up the innings again, for sure. I, I want to... Again, be a guy who will take the ball every time, stay healthy, know what you're going to get, and, you know, be a steady, you know, force for the team. Um, So, yeah, just get those innings up and um, keep being productive. You know, same productivity, but more workload. Go ahead, Kyle. Are you enjoying the offseason, Brax, or did you get right back to it, like, two to three weeks later after this whole thing ended? What's it look like? What's the routine look like? Yeah, so I got into it back into it about two weeks after. You know, I got in for an evaluation probably a week and a half and then took the rest of that week and got back in there. But it's been good. I just – I work out at uh, Cressy Sports Performance here in Palm Beach Gardens. There's a lot of lot of hardworking baseball guys that go there and a lot of good trainers. So um, it's easy to stay motivated in there. Um, so usually just go there in the morning, try and spend as much time there – and then come home and play a lot of video games. My girlfriend might drag me to the beach, you know, things like that. 
Are you a beach guy? You like the sand? I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Sorry, Steve. Oh. No, Cats I, and so, no beach? Hey, hey, we went out to Nick Fortes' birthday was the other day, and his girlfriend, Allie, threw him a big, big little party on the beach. We had a good time then, but it has to be a special occasion. The sand gets in the car. It's just, it, it, there's nothing about it. Like, it just creates an absolute disaster. I burn too. You know, it's just one of those things. I got to stay protected with shade and sunscreen. Jeez. Mm, <laughs> what video games are you playing? So I just got back into Rocket, or sorry, I've been into Rocket League. That's my main game, or has been for a long time. Okay. Kind of basically just soccer with flying cars. In a short description, <laughs> um, and then I'm back into Fortnite. So there's wow. a new update. You know, I'm I just followed everybody else. I jumped back on it, and it's been a little bit of fun. It frustrates me, makes me get off quicker. So, <laughs> Stephen, is our interrogation of Braxton over? What do you think? Is our hard no, no. off season I got, with Braxton over? I got a couple more. All right, fire away. Any? Where did you go in the off season so far? Did you go any trips? Um, yeah, I went to Cabo. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, stayed at a resort. It was like my first real, like, kind of resorty vacation. I don't really ever travel. So that was really nice, nice and relaxing. Um, yeah, but that's been about it. Uh, a lot of gym, a lot of golf here recently. And that's getting a little bit better slowly. <laughs> Slowly, I need a lesson or something, but I just I'm one of those guys. I'm I'm just trying to learn it on the fly. <laughs> you said Jim and not gin, correct? Jim, yes. Okay. yes. I thought, well, we can get you help, you know. We can get you some help, <laughs> Brax, if there's an issue we need to talk about. <laughs> Braxton Garrett with us now on the hot stove show. Uh my last baseball related question was at the end of the Philly series. Skip got onto the podium and very calmly, like he usually does, win or loss. He just kind of looked at us and said, they know the standard. We have a standard now, and they have to protect it. What does that mean, and what does that, I guess, mean to you, and how do you protect that standard? Yeah, for me, you know, to me, I don't even think we said it when we made the playoffs. It was that kind of, for me, midway through the season, shortly before the All-Star break, because we just expected to win. It was kind of just one of those things where we realized the team that we had, um, how competitive we were every single night. And, you know, it's just one of those things you can feel it. And we expected to win every night. And that pushed us all the way to the playoffs, you know, with the additions of JB and and JB, Jake Berger. And uh, so, yeah, just making the playoffs there, expecting to win, win every night. And, um you know, we got a little taste of the playoffs. Now now we will have a lot more experience, feel a lot better going into it. Brax, you got your golf shirt on. Uh, I hope you're going to the golf course. If you are, SPF 100, it sounds like. So take care of yourself, dude. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. And actually, we'll see you in Jupiter in a couple of months, man. It, it's coming up. So, Brax, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, man. Be good. Thanks for the time. Thank you, Brax. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, that was Marlon's 
Lefty, Braxton Garrett, who had an unbelievable season. Really fun conversation, Stephen. Uh, and again, kind of what we touched on in the open. Um, as incredible and as fun as it was to watch him in 2023, the unconventional, old school, yep. not 100, but just <laughs> in, out, works the corners, up and down in the zone, fools people. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch what he brings to the table in 2024. And don't forget, kind of incorporated that cutter during the season. Didn't even get to that. We only have so much time, but like developing pitches on, on the, the fly. fly. You know, it's just, um, it was a great year. It was really great year. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I loved your question also just to end this about the playoff start. And it wasn't the way that he wanted to go. Only pitched three innings in that game, but it was a smooth one in the first inning. I'm pretty sure he had, he struck out three of the first four batters against Philly. But, that's experience, you know, and what can you take away from that? You asked that question. I don't know, but the bottom line is Lazardo and Braxton Garrett playoff experience in 2023. You can lean on that hopefully throughout the season. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to revisit our conversation from last week about Skip Schumacher and the impact he's had on this organization, this team, the front office, you name it. He's been incredible. And in addition, there are some reports, a little shakeup in the Miami Marlins coaching staff. So more on that when we come back. You're listening to the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Right here on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. It's good to be back with you on another Tuesday, uh, a couple of days shy of Thanksgiving. Always uh, a terrific day. My favorite holiday, Stephen. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's two. Is it your favorite? No, it's two. Oh, it's two. number two. To Christmas? To Christmas, yeah. Uh, do you like getting presents? Or do you like giving? Giving. You're more of a giver. Yeah, yes, I was going to get you something for Thanksgiving, honestly. That's nope. why I texted you this morning. I said, do you like Dunkin' or Starbucks? And yeah, you said, it's very Neither. nice. I just said I don't drink. I just drink what's at my house. I, I don't need anybody giving me anything. I really appreciate it. Okay. I just don't want gifts from anybody. Just, just not my cup of tea. I'm going to get you a Christmas gift. Don't so bother. just be ready. Don't, don't bother. Be if, ready. I, I don't need stuff. I don't like gifts. I don't want stuff. I, <laughs> I, I, that's the same for my parents. I tell them I don't want anything. I'll take care of you guys. But you get them stuff. Absolutely. Okay. I love purchasing. I don't like gifts. I don't like opening gifts in front of people. It is. Oh, well, that is very. That, should, that, that could be a segment on here. That is very uncomfortable to, to open up gifts in front of people yes. and then have to have like the, wow, Terrible. this is exactly what I was looking Terrible. for. One time my grandma got me granola bars in a, in a uh, I, I swear to God, that's my gram. She got me granola bars in a, um, a gift wrapped and uh, oh. Nature Valley, oh. and I had to learn. I'd be like, I, you know what? I needed these. I really needed these. Oh. Yep. Yep. It's making my skin crawl. Yep. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. What's your Mount Rushmore on the plate? So I do start with the turkey. I know so you brand, do like turkey. I love turkey. Now, I love to deep fry a turkey. I like to be a little dangerous. I don't like to drop it in and set the house on fire. That's big. But I want to see sparks fly. I want to okay. inj- I want to inject the bird. I want to drop it in the deep fryer. Okay. I want to put it in that peanut oil. I want I Oof. want juices. I want grease. Diabetes it up. Yep. I hope so. I hope so. That's one of my life goals. <laughs> you, get, you know, extremely ill. Yeah, with diabetes or something horrific. Absolutely. Um, so we'll start with a turkey. Deep fried, great. If not, tender, loving care in the oven. Don't overcook it. If it's dry, I'm going to lose my mind. Okay. So we'll start with a turkey. A terrific gravy on top. Okay. Stuffing is my number one dish during Thanksgiving. All right. There we go. Um, my mother's stuffing. Obviously, I know everybody says that it's in the family. So. Yep. My mother's stuffing, turkey. I love cranberry sauce. Ooh. Um, I love corn. I love green beans. Well, you only get four. No. 
Um, uh, I love it all. I just, I, I love it all. The best part of Thanksgiving is that you can just eat all day long. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's just so nice. And, oh, the, the, the people that get dressed up on Thanksgiving. Duh, I don't care about the jeans and the button-down shirt. It is a day full of football. Get in the biggest, in the baggiest sweats. sweatpants that I you agree. have and I just agree. turn it loose. I, I don't need to look good in front of my family on Thanksgiving because I am about to abuse the food in the kitchen. <laughs> I I'm about to do a number to it. I want elastic head to toe. I want that hooded sweatshirt to just XL. show absolutely nothing. Yep. I am just going to turn it loose all day long. Yep. So for those of you getting dressed up on Thanksgiving, I mean, that is pictures. Looney Tunes. Yeah, I know. I actually agree with you, Kyle. You know, I do like the camera, but I will say I'm not a huge fan of getting oh. all dressed up in the plaid. Why do I need dress pants to eat my turkey? I agree. I, I'll bring my stuff to take the pictures, and then I will change into – a hoodie and a sweatshirt. Ladies, women, girls, men, it don't don't need a dress. Let's don't need a sport it. coat. Yeah. Don't need slacks. Don't need the, the, the fancy button-down shirt. Agreed. Turn it loose. Agreed. Because there's football on all day long. Get your you-know-what in the kitchen early. Help everybody. Make it a family affair. Get the bird in the oven. Just eat your face off until you feel so disgusting that you want to throw up. And quite frankly, it's almost like the college days. Sometimes on Thanksgiving, you have to puke and rally. <laughs> Now, you if you need to make it, yeah, if you need to make a trip to the restroom <laughs> to just, you know, just to puke some of it up, don't, do not let that deter uh, you from going absolutely. back later. That eight o'clock Sunday, uh, that Thursday night kick, eight o'clock after the Cowboys four o'clock game, you're full, but you know you want more kind of thing. Now the best too, and once you have like the three o'clock meal, because it's got to be fairly early. When you go back for two slices of bread and like four pieces of turkey oh and stuffing gosh. and cranberry sauce oh. at 8.30 oh. and you feel disgusting, you're ashamed. Oh, I have to shower off usually after Thanksgiving. Like I, I feel disgusting. Now, you will sweat grease for a couple of days, <laughs> yeah. but don't be ashamed to puke and rally on Thanksgiving, okay? And that's not alcohol-induced. That's simply too much food. Do not dress up. Um, now, there will be family members you don't want to be around. Uh, make sure you just exchange pleasantries with them. Uh, the aunt and uncles are going to ask you how you're doing, what your life Look is at like. Look how big you got right. for you're, good or bad. Correct. Or you're going to have to rehash what you've been doing in life, what the last years yep. looked. Just don't the don't let that talk, get to you. You hate the small talk. Yes. Just oh. set your eyes on the prize, and it's that 3 o'clock ginormous plate to the brim. Just just feel disgusting. Turn it loose. It's, it's, it's Thursdays for you. And for football, now in the morning, do you do the th- Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? No, I've done it once, but uh, like physically no, going no, to New don't, York, don't go. Do you watch it, it on TV? I don't. My my mom and my sisters, they love it, but I do not. That's more of the uh, uh, well. It's very touristy to me. I don't know. I, I I went once, and that was it for me. I didn't. Well, there's it. a horror story now. When I was growing up, Barney got deflated. Oh, yeah. Uh, old enough to remember and old enough to be very sad that, that I just sucks. saw Barney deflate. That's, that's real tough. Yeah, there was like 25 people trying to make sure Barney didn't go into a crowd of people. And, and at that point, you think you, you're not going to see him on TV anymore. You think he's actually going to be dead. You know, it's it's very confusing. And for I was kids. a Barney guy. I love Thanksgiving. Yeah, my, my, my mom and sister always have the Thanksgiving Day Parade then. But you're not going home, no? No, I'm not going home. But then the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade usually rolls into the dog show. On, oh, uh, so, you're not an animal no. guy. Heck no. No. I know you what hate you're talking about when they go through the little thingies, like they run through no, the No, this is the, the, the national ring. dog show. This is the, the, the crown the best dog in America. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. for all of you, men and women, once 
that football game kicks off and I see the Lions, yeah, it's Lions. The, the, uh, the, flip, the TV stays on football for the rest of the day, and there's no ands, ifs, or buts. There better be multiple televisions in the household if you want to go find a different program. Thursday is re- Thursday Thanksgiving is reserved for football, food, and then we'll get to the family. Do you know why we celebrate Thanksgiving? Uh, Christopher Columbus? <laughs> I don't think so. He's very controversial, so we uh, probably yes, shouldn't get into that. No, we're not going to. Uh, Native Americans? Uh, I don't like my girlfriend asked me yesterday. She's from Argentina, so she asked me, "What do we? Why do we celebrate Thanksgiving?" And I was like, "Uh, like it's something with pilgrims. It's right, something with 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 a feast with celebration. It's a day of giving, but I don't it's a day think of it's thanks. anything to do with. with I, I, I believe it's the the pilgrims, the first harvest in the new world. The first harvest, the, that's what it is. Yes, the Mayflower, the pilgrims, oh, survivors. So it, the, and now it, so the, it did have Columbus because he 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 used to drive that Mayflower. Correct. And the Santa Domingo or the Santa, what is it? Now let me leave you with a question: Did Christopher Columbus get the worst directions of all time? He was not supposed to land where he did. No. No, I don't even honestly. Let me see. Columbus boats. I just want to really quickly get Yeah, Pilgrims, right. their first harvest in the, the New Nina, World. The Pinta, and the, the Santa Pinta Maria. and the Santa so Maria. Nina, Pinta, said, Santa Maria. So Feast August. lasted three days. I wish it still did. Imagine Thanksgiving started on a Thursday, rolled right through Saturday, and then you get football Sunday. It was attended by 90 Native American Wampanoag people and 53 survivors of the Mayflower, so they came together. So that's why. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so that's the that's kind of the real story of Thanksgiving. I do think there's a common misconception, as I just mentioned, that Christopher Columbus is somehow involved. Um, he is not, uh, to my understanding. So uh, it is a day of thanks, and we will celebrate that on Thursday. Uh, do we have time to get to Skip Schumacher now? Do we have a couple of minutes here before or we... Skip, uh, we're going to two minutes on Skip? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do two minutes here on Skip, then we'll roll into it in the final segment before we have a little Story fun time. in the final segment. Uh, what Just wanted to rehash, congratulations to Skip. We signed off the air last week, National League Manager of the Year, extremely deserving of the opportunity. Stephen, I know you've mentioned multiple times about creating a culture, mm. uh, now you know protecting a standard, um, and, and you know, and that stuff. So, um, you know, I, I'll just leave it with Skip. Um, just unbelievable, and we are so thankful to have Skip as the manager of the Miami Marlins, and hopefully, it's for years to come. But um, I don't know if we'll ever be able to accurately describe what he's meant to the organization in such a short period of time. Hundred percent, I agree with, especially the last part of it. We can sit here and chat for twenty minutes, but it's not going to capture what his impact is um, for this organization, for his team. I think um, winning the manager of the year in general is a really difficult thing to do because I, I think the award is a little bit, there's some misconceptions of it. It's either, you know, is manager of the year the best team and what they did, or is it the team that no one thought was going to be there? But in general, it's really hard to win. The fact that he's the eighth person to win the award as a first time manager, that is even more impressive. The Marlins had 93 losses the year before. They had a 23.6% chance of making the playoffs on opening day per fan graphs. And for him to come out and um, and lead this team, 84 wins, culture change. We talked about it, Kyle. The, I think the first episode, like when you are a first-year coach in college football, this thing takes time. It takes your recruits, your culture. This was on the fast track this year. They got to the postseason. They did it by fighting, by coming back, 
every adjective that you use for resilient, you would put on this team, and Skip Schumacher deserves a ton of credit, so congratulations to him. You know, and the one thing that we mentioned last week as well, um, I can only speak for myself that it's hard to become a believer immediately in spring training given the way things had gone in prior years. Not many people believed. Skip did. Yeah. He got his players, staff, personnel to believe in it and that the only the, the expectation and that, that, that the only acceptable outcome was a trip to the postseason um, and he got him there. So Let an me incredible ask you this year. real quick. Quick question. Don Mattingly, Joe Girardi, Jack McKeon. Who most impressive manager of the year? You have to be McKean, right? With the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I think given I, the circumstance, or given the result, or just given maybe the expectation coming into this year, do you give it to Skip? It's between Jack and Skip. Okay. I have two very different teams, different years, different styles of game, but still incredible uh, what both men were able to do. So let's take one more break here on the Marlins Hot Stove Show. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. Just a couple of days shy of Thanksgiving. It is the best day of the year. Don't go anywhere. We're back with more after this on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Back with you for our final segment on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show tonight right here on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app with Stephen Schraum. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Got about six minutes left here, Stephen. We were talking about Skip Schumacher before we went to break. Coming out of break, uh, there's only so much we can hit on here. Nothing is official. Uh, there are reports out there that Skip is going to lose a ginormous contributor of his mm-hmm. coaching staff, and that is the hitting coach, Brant Brown, who the players really took a liking to. He was an incredible hitting coach. It sounds like he will be departing for a different job, uh, apparently on the coaching staff with the Seattle Mariners. But um, that is some really big news as it pertains to both really the Marlins and the Mariners, if all that comes to fruition. Yeah, uh, it's big news and honestly bad news for the Marlins, like you said, Kyle. Uh, the Marlins are going to go into 2024 with another hitting coach and you've experienced the last couple of seasons and I think you would agree that Brant Brown has been uh, probably the best out of all of those three he's made an immediate impact Um, his body of work speaks for itself what he was able to get these guys to do this year yeah and you look at the offensive improvement including batting average it went from 230 to 259 which was second in the National League strikeouts from 1,429 to 1,287. That was the third fewest across baseball. This was a team that completely changed their philosophy. You were here for trying to go all in on the home run. You saw a lot more contact. Yes, more double plays, but the offense was uh, 180 from the year before that to this year, and Brand Brown deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, so best of luck to Brandt. Again, that's just been according to sources out there. Nothing official or confirmed by either team, Um, but if that Report is indeed true. A big loss for the Marlins. Uh, you know, is it John Mabry? Is it Jason Hart? Do those guys get elevated? Yeah, do, do they, they elevate? Right. Do they go internal to kind of keep some continuity? Will that require obviously to bring somebody else on staff? And I don't think there's been any announcement yet on the Marlins coaching staff in general. So there, there I wonder could be if Skip change. has a guy maybe in from his St. Louis maybe. days. There was also or... a report that John Jay interviewed for the bench coach job with the Chicago Cubs, but they chose to go in a different direction. Um, so you know, uh, it happens when teams are good and maybe unexpectedly, according to some and some of the pundits, teams will they go try to pick off yep. coaches and what, what worked. Um, so that's really a credit to Skip and his entire staff. It's the nature of the beast. Hopefully a lot of these guys are back next year. Um, the ones that are not, um, you know, it'll be Skip's responsibility, Peter Bendix's responsibility 
to fill the void on the staff, but I'm sure they'll do a great job. And Skip will obviously have a lot of say in his coaching staff. And uh, if last year was any indication, he'll put together uh, an incredible staff in 2024. So best of luck to Brant Brown if that does indeed uh, come to fruition. And he departs to a Mariners organization that he was actually with um, in prior years doing some work with them. Okay, we got a couple of minutes left here on the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Uh, Steven has a smile on his face. He's very giddy. <laughs> He's uh He's quite the showman, and he would like to end our shows moving forward with a story from the Marlins radio booth in the 2023 season. Is that correct? Uh, it's correct, and I think we talk enough baseball. You get 162, 164 this year, plus spring training of just baseball talk. We implemented long toss, and just to give you some peek behind the curtain. And we had so many great stories with the radio booth team just traveling. We're so lucky we get to travel with the team and cover this awesome organization but with that there are very funny stories particularly with a rookie like myself that was in his first year very overwhelmed very wide-eyed and um, I just wanted to share some of the funny stories some at my uh, expense some at Kyle's expense we'll do mine today because we'll lay off Kyle uh, Philadelphia so if you know and, and people that are in the media know this if you don't you don't because you don't know what you don't know when you go to these stadiums, you obviously have to eat food. And a lot of these stadiums, all of them, have a media dine-in. Now, again, there's, there was only so much cover uh, Kyle could cover with me two days before opening day. I'm sure he told me that I needed to pay Started for Started at home and then, and then went on the road. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, here I have a per diem with, uh, you know, what's the code, Kyle, that I have to show Jeanette uh, at the... At the like there's a there's a, there's a QR code. QR code. We're at home. Employees um, yes. have have like a meal voucher every day. So you scan a code and you eat and you're good to go. Cool. Perfect. So on the road, we our first trip was to New York, where I'm from. Awesome first trip. And I remember paying for the food at the at City Field, and it was like 10, 11 bucks, whatever. Cool. Awesome. You now know. you have to pause for a second. Keep in go mind, ahead. and we don't want to run out of time. That. You have to yeah, have a credential to get into all these ballparks. Okay, so we got we got what? Oh boy, we got a minute left here. You have to have a credential. We went to New York. There's a cash register. There's a lady. She's awesome. Pay for your food. Great. We go to Philadelphia. It's the <laughs> next stop. And by the grace of God, Stephen and all of his glory. Did, doesn't see the woman checking him out, or he just flashes his official badge like he's I wielding. I thought that's all you needed to do. Like, like, like there's just power being wielded. Like, I'm Steven and I'm eating. And he just never thought to pay. And for multiple days, this guy just ate for the whole series, just and we ate took two for free. Just ate for free just by flashing his badge like, hey, you must not know who I am. You <laughs> see this badge? I'm eating like, hey. for free. It was an unbelievable story. Steven did finally learn that nothing comes free in life. You do have to pay for it. But things. hold on. But Kyle, but the best part was when we were all eating together, me, you, and Gabby, I, I just flat out said, I said, it's so weird. Like, you know, you had to pay for the food in New York, but in Philly, it's really nice. They give it to you for free. No, and that's because you were just flashing your credential. All right, you thought get you everything for free. It was unbelievable. Stephen has since learned his lesson. We are out of time on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Bye. Show tonight. For Stephen Schramm, I'm Kyle Seeloff. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back with you on next Tuesday on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app.